Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. How you doing? Good. Good to see you. Good to see all of you in person. and Thank you for joining us online. We're glad to have you and to, to be together however we can be together as much as we can. Well, we're in the Advent season. We're the third Sunday in, and uh, our subject today is worshiping fully. Give, uh, spend less, give more, worship fully. And so that falls to me this week. And I like that because it's easy to get caught up in whatever's going on during Christmas, and we forget exactly what it's all about, right? It's about the Lord. It's about Him. Um, Worship, okay, is natural. Worship is natural. It really is. I mean, you think, well, it's something that's learned true, but here's, here's how this works. As a child grows up, they learn to take on the values of their parents, and they learn to value certain things, and eventually they have their own opinion, and you don't have to worship God to be a worshiper. You can just have to be a human being. Because we will take items or ideas or celebrities or people that we admire or whatever it is, and we can place the value of worship on it by giving it worth and by placing value. I don't know about you, but COVID has been a time for me to explore the great binge-watching phenomenon. Okay, anybody binge-watch here? Oh, the rest are lying. Okay. <clears throat> and so I like these sort of reality shows, documentaries. I just really love them. And I found one called uh, Shipping Wars. Anybody ever seen that? Where these people get together and they're independent shippers and they bid to, to take certain items wherever around the United States. And it's just amazing to me to see all the things that people have that they believe has value. Like recently on, on one of the shows, someone was so proud and so excited to send their life-size uh, original Frankenstein statue across the country, and somebody else was willing to pay thousands of dollars for it, and I thought, really? That's what you want in your house, really? And oh, yeah, I know everything about Boris Karloff, and it's going on. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg with a lot of people. You may be one of those people. I don't want to know what's in your house. But the bottom line is we can get attached to something, and we can place worth on it and give honor to it financially, uh, in time and attention, and sometimes even our, our heartfelt affection toward but that's just a thing. But when it comes to God, it is something completely different. And it's something that is important to us and just as important to God. Lord, as we come together this morning, we just ask you that you would fill us with your spirit. Thank you for this wonderful season where it's not just one day, but Lord, it, it, it takes up over a month and we relish in friends and uh, the right kind of foods, the wrong kind of foods, 
and uh, being together and giving to each other. Lord, we pray that as we think about worshiping you more purposely, Lord, more fully, that um, we would be drawn to you even closer every day as we get closer to, Lord, the day in which we celebrate your coming and being with us, Emmanuel. Lord, uh, I pray that you'd bless our hearts this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm going to bring up a, a Greek word. Pastors like to bring up Greek words because it makes us sound smart. And because we don't always sound that smart, you've got to take every opportunity that you can. There's the word proskuneo. And it is a word that is used extensively throughout the New Testament in the Septuagint Greek version of the Old Testament. But it takes up over half of the usage a word that would be translated the same way as any other word in the New Testament. It is the word worship, pro, um, pro, proskuneo. I can't believe why I forgot that. Anyway, proskuneo. And so this is what the word means, and it sounds pretty cool, and we'll, we'll get to more in just a moment. But it comes from the two words pros, okay, to, kuneo, to kiss, or to adore. It means to worship, do obedience, show respect, fall or prostrate before. Literally, it means to kiss toward. Wow. Kiss toward someone. To throw a kiss as a token of homage. That not that pretty exciting? You see, it is, it's even this way in many cultures today, but in their culture, okay, it wasn't uncommon for persons who were of equal status to come and meet each other with a kiss on the lips. I mean, they didn't, definitely didn't have COVID at the time. Uh, but if you had this slightly difference in status, you would meet each other with a kiss on the cheek. I can remember uh, the first time I had a man kiss me was I was in Jerusalem. And you know, where I'm from, it's like a handshake, kind of a hug, you know, <laughs> you know, nothing really uh, that affectionate. And I was in the old city of Jerusalem, and I was in near the women's yeshiva, which I didn't know I was near at the time. And this woman beckoned to me, and she said, come here, 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 come here, sir. So I said, okay. And th these two boys are beating up this boy. Just make them stop it. I'm like, but I'm a tourist from... America, really? Like, do I really want to get involved? And am I going to do any good here? So I just did what she said. I put on my meanest face and I said, you leave that guy alone. Get out of here. And so they eventually left and I couldn't believe it. And she said, well, tell me about yourself. I said, well, I'm uh, a pastor. I'm visiting here in Jerusalem. And it's my last day. And so I'm just walking around, have some free time. And she said, well, I said, what are you doing? She said, I, I'm waiting for the rabbi this is the women's yeshiva. About that time, the rabbi showed up, and he had a really big beard. And as he got closer to me, he shalom. And then he started getting closer and closer, and his face was getting closer. And then his hands grabbed my shoulders, and I'm like, this is not going to be good at all. Nothing good can come from this. I mean, stop. And then he kissed me on both sides of my cheek. And um, it wasn't bad, it really. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. But 
that was a part of the culture. That was not a part of my culture growing up and still isn't today, especially now. But when someone would come up to another who was of above stature, who had a lot more clout than them, they would fall prostrate, prostrate, prostrate. Boy, I always get that wrong every time. Like, why do I even mention it? They fell face forward to the ground. And they touched their... Carly's going to get me with that one. Anyway, touch your forehead to the ground, and then you would raise your hands and kiss toward the person in paying homage to them. Because it was a show of honor, and that's the main word that is used for worship throughout the Old, through the New Testament. But I want to take you back to the Old Testament to something that is very, very telling to me, something that I found and I thought was very interesting, and I think it may bless you. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. You see, this was the fountain of life, the breath of God. God formed the man uh, from the dust of the earth. So that means that he is a product of the earth and God's creative powers. But what's interesting is that he said that God breathed life into him. Literally, it means face-to-face face-to-face, he's breathing life right into his nostrils, right into him. Now, it's a poetic, picturesque view, but it also sets the scene for how God is to be worshipped in the future. You see, what we find here is the, 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 this kiss in the face, this respect, this face-to-face, this exchange of life, non-life to life, is a very intimate action. And the human race owes God something because of his worth and what he had done. He is the one who created it. He is the one who breathed life into the human race. You see, it says that Adam became a living being. Some translate it a living soul. Literally, though, he became a living being just like the animals, but the, the expression is, is it came from God and it was very intimate, okay? That's the picture that we get. So, when we think about worship, okay, and we think about who God is, there is this exchange. He first gave us life, right? And then when we love him, we return that as a gift to him, a kiss for a kiss. Worship is honoring and loving God, okay? It's our primary goal, it is our priority, and it is our number one purpose in life. The number one purpose in life is to know God and to enjoy him forever. It's the beginning of the Westminster Catechism, to know God. What's the chief end of man? The question is asked. The chief end of man is to know God and to enjoy Him forever, okay? So what does worship look like? When we think of worship, we think of like, we think of like church, 
you know? Do they have a guitar? Is there a banjo? Uh, do they have any incense? Is the lighting low? Is there an organist? You know, I mean, th those are the big questions that we have when it comes to worship. I remember the uh, first couple of months I was here at New Covenant, I was out in the foyer and this car pulled up and the person said, hey, do you go to this church? And I said, yes. She said, would you recommend it? And I said, of course. I recommend it to many, all my friends. And so she said, can I come in and look around? I said, sure. So I was showing her around and we came in the side door. As we walked into the sanctuary, she looked around and then her head stopped. And she said, oh no, I can't go here. Why? Because of that. And she was pointing to the drums. She said, I could never go into a place that has drums. And I said, well, sorry to hear it, but... In my mind, I didn't say it out loud, but, but in my mind, I was thinking, we're choosing the drums over you. Yeah. <laughs> but when we think of worship, that's what we think of. It's like the style. How's it work? Or maybe communion. That's been known as the worship of the church, the, the giving of the Eucharist for centuries. Giving, whatever it may be. But worship, my friends, okay, is more than that. Worship has to do with every day. The worship service where we come together is like the icing on the cake. But the real stuff happens when nobody's around. Romans, 20, Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Listen, if worship is honoring God, then these things are true. Worship is my response to God's love, to God's life giving to you. That, that's worship comes out of his first initiation because we react, we respond, but God always makes the first move. And he created us, he saves us, he forgives us, and he blesses us and he protects us. And as a result, we respond with worship, with thankfulness. That's where it comes from. True, deep, real worship that God enjoys comes from there. Worship is also giving back to God. Worship is also giving back to God. Whenever you give back to God, okay, whatever you offer to God, that's called worship. And it brings joy to God because of honoring Him. Whatever you give back to God. <sighs> Listen, you being grateful brings honor to your Heavenly Father. And, and I tell you, sometimes it's hard to be grateful, isn't it? It's hard to respond the right way that you should, but this is what real worship looks like to God. So what do you give God? You ever have that person that is hard to buy for for Christmas or birthdays? That person that they have everything or you always manage to seem to get them something that is completely uninspired? We had... Um, a staff party, we had masks and social distancing, and we have this annual um, white elephant gift. You, you guys ever done that white elephant gift party? That thing was insane. 
I don't know that people had been pinned up by themselves for too long, but people were literally, I'm just going to tell on him. Jason Westbrook, he comes off as this smiling, nice guy up here, you know, singing and worshiping. He was ripping things out of women's hands. And he did the greatest thing that I've ever seen anybody do at a white elephant party. He had just a few seconds left to get this gift, and he dives on a cement floor and slides about eight feet and grabs it. I mean, it went wild after that. You can't get any better than that. But how, how do you shop for God? That's a lot of fun, but what does God want? Listen, what do I offer? He has everything. And the person who has everything, you give them love. That's what God wants. That's what he wants. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says, Love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. You see, God wants us to love him in three ways here. He wants to love him thoughtfully with our mind. Think. I mean, think it through, not just do something. Think about his love, his goodness, his grace. He wants us in this passage to love him passionately with all our heart, with all our soul, and then practically with all of our strength. That means all of our abilities, not just emotions, not with just the mind, but the abilities that we have. You see, boiling it down and what we're going to look at in the coming few minutes is that God wants our attention, God wants our affection, and God wants our ability. You see, whatever you take, whenever you take things to God, the things that God has given you, and you give them back to God, that is the heart of worship. You take what he's given you, which is life, you take what he's shared with you, and you give it back to him, then that is real worship. All right. Worship is giving God my attention, giving my attention to God. The great, one of the greatest ways to display our love for God and display our honor for God and our worship of God is to give Him our attention. Those of you who have kids know what I'm talking about. How many of you parents love it when your kids don't pay attention to you? And they love not to pay attention. Um, our kids are older now, so I wouldn't even pay attention to me if I were their age. But we have a new member of the house. It's a cat. And she pays attention to no one. She lives in that house, and we're just sort of her servants, and that's it. But she pays attention to no one. But you get it, the idea, if, something, if, if someone's ignoring you and they're not paying attention to you, that they don't like you, right? Ignoring another person is an aggressive act, isn't it? It is an aggra aggressive act. So what is that when we tell God, mm, I'm not going to give you my attention? You see, he wants that attention so that he can bless you and love you. Psalm 139 Verses 1 through 3 says, O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. 
You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. Everything I do. Excuse me. Listen. It's easy for us to be distracted, isn't it? That's why we're called to focus upon Him, to focus on the Lord. I know myself, when I'm reading, I, uh, I have a hard time staying focused because I'll get off on rabbit trails and I'll say, well, okay, I'll follow this scripture and I'll follow this one. And, and I was heading down this road and pretty soon I'm over there in somebody's pasture. And it takes a long time to get back on track. So I started a practice some time ago. I'd, I read about it on the internet, so I know it's true. Um, but anyway, it, it's helped me. A, a time of just intense focus for like 20 minutes. I, I set my alarm and my timer. And so if I'm writing or if I'm reading, I will set my alarm and then boom. After 20 minutes, I'll take a five to 10 minute break and then I'll go back and I'll do that for hours. And I find that taking some time to intensely focus upon something where you're, fo- you're not focusing on anything else really pays off in benefits because we can live a very distracted life and miss out on the very reason that we're brought to life. You see, this is because we live in a self-centered culture. What does Romans 8 verse 7 say? Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about their self than God. That person ignores, the person that ignores God is who, excuse me, let me get this right. That person ignores God who is and what he is doing. Ignores God, who he is, and what he is doing. All right. It's also that we're a self-centered culture. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, at the beginning, says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is a pattern in this world to ignore God and to ignore the things of God and to not think about him. We tend to compartmentalize, don't we? Here's the things of church. Here's the things of God. Here's the holy things. And here's the fun stuff. Whatever it is, we tend to compartmentalize those things when the truth of the matter is, is God wants the everyday you just as much as the Sunday you. But we have to focus. We have to practice. So how do we do this? Well, we set a daily time with God. We make a focus. We put a timer out, establish a time that I'm going to spend with God. You say, well, David, this is all basic stuff. I know it is, but it's the basics that always keep us on track. And it's the basics that we forget to do. Especially now, when it seems like so many things are coming untethered in the world, in our world. The basis bring us back. Listen, I'll read to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, out of the message translation. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, scheduled place so that you won't be tempted to role play before God. You know, at church, we kind of have to be a little more holy than we are at home, you know. I mean, we can wear clothes that are holy at home, but um, we have to be more... You want to laugh. Go ahead. Take a break. Okay. 
But sometimes when we're in public, we, we feel the need to play a role as a believer. But he says, just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense His grace. You see, as much as we come and worship and we enjoy it, what we really need every day is a scheduled time with God where we're able to say, um, I'm putting aside everything, and I'm gonna, just going to focus on you. In a quiet place, I'm just going to relax and be me before God, and then I'm going to let his sense of grace and his presence come over me. These are the words of Jesus. That's, that's really what God wants more than anything. He also wants us to have a conversation with him throughout the day. Now, I'm not talking about becoming a, a person who continually talks to their self. I'm, t- I'm saying actually talk to God and listen for God. In Psalm 105, verse 4, he says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always, always. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, People with their minds set on you, you keep completely whole, steady on their feet because they keep it and don't quit. All right. So we give our attention to God. That's the way that we worship him. We also express our affection toward God. 1 John 4, verse 19. We, though, we, though, are going to love. Love and be loved. First we are loved, now we love. He loved us first. So here's the idea. God first loved us, God first gave us life, and now we reciprocate in love and affection toward him. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, he says, I want to show you love, not offer sacrifices. You see, the way that they went to church was a lot different than us. We don't bring in livestock and uh, offer it up as an offering to God. That was what was required. That was what was in the Torah. But he says, okay, you're coming in, you're doing all the stuff, you're, you're showing up for the sacrifices, but I would rather have something else than the sacrifice. He says, I want you more than I want burned offerings. God is more concerned about you than what you do. God is more interested in who you are than what you can do. He's interested in you. God wants you to know him, know him, and to love him. Romans 6, verse 13 sums it up kind of this way. Give yourselves completely to God since you've been given new life. If you're a believer and you've been following Christ for any time at all, you know that that's very important to be thankful for that life. And if you've gotten to the point to where you've become callous and it's no longer a part of life, you're missing out. Because Intimate relationships, relationships of affection are so important, are so important. God has designed humans that way, and he has designed us to relate to him in that way. Not some far-off distant God, but someone who is close 
is face to face. He doesn't want your ritual. He doesn't want your religion and he doesn't want your regulations. Listen, that's the essence of love. I give you my life and you give me yours. Listen, it's always a response to God. God gave us first, but says, I want you and I want to give you completely without holding back. Worship is that response. Okay, so God wants our attention. God wants our affection. But God also receives worship through our abilities. Verse 23 of Colossians 3 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. You see, he's more interested in you than what you're doing. You could be a baker, a candlestick maker. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that who you are working for. Could, could you mean the daily life that I live and sometimes mundane and ordinary? You, you, you mean that that could be something that is important for me? I mean, I need to be serving at the church. I need to be working at the church. Okay, you may have those opportunities, but if you're serving wherever you are, be it a mom, being at home, or whatever you're doing, you're not working for anybody if you're not working for the Lord. Because you can have bosses, you can have people that you answer to, but your greatest joy will come if you realize that if you do it right, you are serving the Lord and you belong to the Lord. That, that can change, that's a game changer if, if we really understand that, if we really take this to heart. You see, listen, it's not what you do in life that matters, it's who you do it for. Whatever you do, you can do it for God. Whatever it is, you can be thankful to God. You can have a crummy boss, but you can say, well, you know what? God, I work for God. And this guy, this person, this gal is going to answer to God. But I'm going to take joy in it because I'm going to see it as worship unto him in thankfulness. You see what happens when that kind of thing takes place in a society, takes place with a group of people? What happens is, is that, well, people start noticing. Why, why does this person seem to be joyful? Why does this person seem not to be bummed out because they have a really crummy thing that they're doing? I wouldn't want to do that, but they seem to be making it through. You start to stand out. People who have had the breath of life breathed into them and live it through on a daily basis stand out. And I'm telling you, in the days to come, it's not like people are going to love materialism more. It's not like all of a sudden, boy, you know, I'm glad the, the churches are closed. People, that, that's not going to be the case. There is, is even now, in the days to come, more dearth and just disparity of spiritual life. Because everybody was living high. Everything was going great. 
too comfortable, complain way too much, and then all of a sudden, I wonder if God is around because things are starting to get empty. And wouldn't it be great for them to be able to see you and go, oh, I know that person. I may talk to him. I may ask him a few questions. You know how people stand out in your mind? You know how God uses people? That's, that's what happens. And you and I may experience some of the greatest times of our lives ahead. You know? I mean, right now, all of us are happy to say, 2020, goodbye. Right? Can anyone say hallelujah? We're almost there. But it's 2021 is connected directly to 2020. So I don't know how awesome it's going to be. But I know one thing is that if we put our heart steadfast on God and we say, you know what? God is the one that I am serving. God is the one that I am answering to. And God is the one that I want to please in my daily life. And so I'm going to do it for you, God. I remember some of the worst times and the best times in my life were when I, uh, I played basketball a lot and my dad had died and I was really good at basketball. And I played harder than most of my friends or anybody else because I was angry at the world. Maybe even angry at God, I don't know. But as I would have a winning night and I'd go home and I would just cry myself to sleep because my dad wasn't there to see me. And I think about that. Okay, I think about that because, listen, God wants us to be connected and to know that we're not alone. You know, you may not, you're, maybe you're not going to have a big gathering this Christmas. Maybe you got laid off of your job. Maybe, uh, you know, you're working hard for God and you just don't know. One thing you need to know is that God can see you. And God is there with you. And God rejoices with you when you conquer something. God rejoices with you and is happy with you when something good happens in your life. He sees your tears. He sees your anguish. And he loved you first. He loved you first and that means that he still loves you now. And he sees you and he knows you. And he's closer than any brother. Question is, what are, what are we worshiping right now? What, what, what's on the list before the Lord? Okay? I don't know what that list is for you. You know, it's always a struggle between cheese. It's always right at the top of mine, various types of cheese. But if you look at your list and you say, well, th- this is what's at the top of my list. Okay, well then you better hope that whatever's at the top of your list fulfills your life. It's probably not going to do it. It's probably not going to do it. And will disappoint from time to time. But if somehow Jesus can make it back to the, the main focus, to the top level of your list, then here's what happens. You stop feeling alone. You stop this idea that God's not watching you, that God doesn't love you. You stomp all of those nonsensical ideas 
And you lean upon the fact that he loves you and he loves your worship toward him and he loves to give life back to you. And he loves it when you give what he's given to you back to him. You see, that's not going to fail. Relationships may fail. Friendships may fail. You get, may get moved to another state because of your job. Whatever it may be, that is a constant that cannot fail if we truly focus and put him first. The greatest temptation in life is to ignore God, to forget about him, to set him aside, and to pick him up or call him whenever you need him, but never answer the phone when he calls you. We should make this our number one goal for this life. Before everything else, getting to know and love Jesus. Jesus is the one that we worship fully. Fully engaged. Fully engaged in all the ordinary, mundane things that we go through can all of a sudden have excitement and meaning that we never thought of before. I know you guys have had a rough year. I've been watching the news. But you know what? It's just time to get our focus straight. And as we do, God's going to show us things, minister to us and us to him and to those around us in ways that we could never think or imagine. I hope that's your goal for this Christmas season coming up. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this beautiful time with the folks here in the sanctuary, those who are joining us online. Thank you, Lord, that we, you've brought us together, and we're grateful for that. We really are. But Lord, um, we ask that you would gently remind us by your Spirit to come and visit with you, to spend time with you, to worship you, Lord, face to face, in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand? This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.